What's going on, guys? Just going to do a quick uh, finals recap, mostly talking about Game 6, but talk about all of all of the series briefly. Um, it's about 11.30, so the game just ended less than an hour ago. Uh, and that's going to be the topic for second episode here of Wade's World. Um, first off, congrats to the Raptors. They played a very good team game, very very well executed. Um, Nick Nurse did a great job of coaching, minus the, the two timeouts in, uh, in Game 5 with momentum. But it ended up not costing them, so get that out of the way. And yeah, the, the Warriors had a lot of injuries. We'll, we'll touch on that. But either way, you know, championship's a championship. So congrats to Toronto. First ever championship for them. Um, congrats to Kawhi um, on the finals MVP. The third ever player to have a finals MVP for two different franchises, joining uh, Kareem and LeBron. Um, and I guess I'll just kind of start with how this game started. Uh, Kyle Lowry came out scorching. He has had enough of the slander. Like I said, no more, no more Kyle Lowry slander. Uh, the shot got tipped in game five, and he scored 15 first quarter points, I believe. Had 26 and 7 in the deciding game. Stepped up, played good defense. Um, I saw some people on Twitter complaining uh, about the game being rigged, but, I mean, that's that's any game you'll see. And I thought, I thought you know, there were missed calls on both sides, but I thought the game was called fairly consistently. I didn't see much blatant missed calls. Um, I thought Boogie was getting roughed up a little bit down low, but, I mean, he's a big guy, and they tend to let let you play with them. So I thought thought some of those were questionable. Um, other than that, like, I, they, they, they definitely missed the uh, offensive interference on Draymond um, late in the, late in the game. Uh, he the ball was above the cylinder. He started to reach his hand back and then ended up tipping it in. Should have been offensive interference. Didn't call it. Didn't end up impacting the game. Um, Clay was game six. Clay all the way up until he tweaked his knee. Uh, my my friend Layton thought it was an ACL. I really hope it's not. Like I said last episode, I. It doesn't matter how much I dislike a player. I never want to see that happen. I don't. I don't like catastrophic injuries in any way. That it's no good for anyone. Um, but actually, anyone who knows me. Okay, so I I do have my five least favorite players in the game. Uh, I won't necessarily say that I hate them because that's a strong word. But I I don't ever really enjoy watching them, or I don't. A lot of it is based around their fans, and I think that these players get so much overhype from their fans that it kind of makes me want to counteract it by disliking the player. And Clay was on that list. He, he was probably fifth out of my top five, or I guess bottom five. Um, he's off the list now. Uh, after that performance, after playing through the hamstring, the... Who knows what kind of knee injury, but going out, having to be helped to the back, 
and then returning. And I don't think I've ever heard a stadium that loud during a non-play. Just him returning from the tunnel was one of the loudest roars I've ever heard. Um, And then he knocks down both free throws. Wanted to stay in the game, um, but they foul so that he can come out, and then they they don't let him re-enter, which was probably good for him, especially because the Warriors training staff, medical staff, is going to have a lot of eyes on them because of KD. So, like I said, I don't know the severity yet. No one does. But I would have to imagine even if there was a Game 7, unless it was just a stunner, if there was any kind of damage done to the knee, I doubt they would have let him play just just for the sake of it not being a good look, even though, yes, it is Game 7 going for a 3P. I just, I don't know, a lot of, a lot of question marks already on how they handled the KD situation. But yeah, KD's, or sorry, Clay is no longer on my bottom five list. Um, the four, I, I don't have a replacement for him yet. Um, there, there will be one, but uh, for now, the remaining four are in no particular order. LeBron, Westbrook, Chris Paul, and James Harden. Um, I might expand why on each of those later because I, I do have reasonings for each and every player that was on that list, including Clay. But, uh, yeah, just going to get back to the finals. I'll maybe talk about that in a later episode. So I thought it was one of the most entertaining finals that I've, I've watched in recent years. Um, obviously, the Cavs coming back from 3-1 was entertaining. Uh, but this, I, I feel like, had more storylines. The, the only real storyline in the Cavs and Warriors a couple years ago was the fact that, yeah, they were playing for the second time in a row, ended up being the second of four. Um, And then the fact that Cleveland got its first championship in 50-some-odd years of any sport and the fact that it was the first ever 3-1 comeback. But other than that, the series, you had the bogus, in my opinion, bogus Draymond uh, suspension that... I don't think he should have been suspended for. Um, but with this, there were so many so many injuries to the Warriors and the possibility of KD coming back and then him coming back and then the rupture. And then before the series, people were saying, oh, because they swept the Trailblazers, oh, are they better without KD? Well, clearly, no, they're not. And in that Trailblazer series, they trailed for more time than they led. So it's not like they dominated. Um, you had almost every warrior out there playing with some sort of injury and the Raptors too, the Raptors too. Um, I did hear today that Fred, not Fred, sorry. Um, obviously Fred has the eye face where he got elbowed and had to get stitches, but, um, Kyle Lowry, I, I believe it's on his right hand. Um, they said he would probably need surgery but he was going to play through the finals first. And then Kawhi has had the lingering leg injury that I talked about before. And you just had Kawhi is getting the narrative of being the best rapper Raptor ever in only being there one year, accomplishing what he accomplished. 
and really, I, I just thought that this made a lot better storyline than any of the finals in recent memory. Um, I, I don't know what I would say. I guess the the Cavs and Warriors also, the Warriors had 73-9 and nine on the line, but uh, yeah, I, I just find this one way more entertaining. Last finals, I didn't even watch a single second of it. I had no interest. And then the finals before that, it, it also seemed like a foregone conclusion that the Warriors would win. Uh, yeah, this one, it was... It, while going into the series, I was going to be rooting for Toronto. And then as the series continued to go on and on, Golden State got more and more banged up. They started to kind of revert back to almost like the 2015 Golden State where they they relied more on ball movement rather than just skill. And it was it was a lot of fun to watch, and I, I found myself rooting for them as the series went on because they, they were playing like the underdogs that they were because of the injuries. Um, I thought Boogie played really well for his, uh, for all things considered, the, the two injuries, the, the lack of conditioning. I thought he, I thought he played a really, really good game six. Um, that, that final, well, basically the final play where, after Draymond forces the bad pass by Danny Green, the I didn't necessarily like the play call, but it did work. You got an open three from Steph. I thought he could have driven it in. Um, but I thought Boogie was going to get that rebound. And if Boogie got that rebound, I think he puts it in. Warriors go up. But something I don't think people – I saw a lot of people on Twitter clowning on Draymond for calling the timeout, calling it a Chris Webber situation back Michigan Fab Five back in the day. But the thing is, if he doesn't call a timeout there, he's on the ground. There's a second left. He can't get up. It's highly unlikely he's able to get a pass to anyone. If it is to anyone, it's to Iggy, who is standing right next to him, and Iggy has to shoot a half quarter for the win. At least with calling the timeout, you had the – you had the time stoppage and the technical free throw. So Kawhi hits the free throw. They go up by two. If you get a five-second call or a steal, you at least have a chance. But if, if he doesn't call a timeout, there's I don't think there's a chance because I don't think he was going to be able to get the ball up to Iggy and Iggy be able to get up a shot in that time. So really, it was a good play by Draymond, even though, yes, they didn't have timeouts. But I don't, I don't think he... He deserves any kind of hate or uh, questioning of his judgment there. I thought that was a good, good play. Um, there, there were multiple plays, both both ways that that kind of swung back and forth the uh, momentum. Uh, Fred Van Vliet is insanely clutch, especially for an undrafted player who was the fifteenth man out of fifteen on the roster just last year. Um, he played big. He hit big shots. Ever since the birth of his kid, he uh, he started he started really, really balling out in the postseason, and it was good to see. Um, it obviously I was I was rooting for the Warriors mostly because I wanted a game seven. I mean, who doesn't love a game seven? The it's the best two words in sports. That that's that's a known fact. 
Game 7s are the best. Um, and it would have been cool to see if Toronto were to still win it in 7, to see it on the home floor. Uh, just to see even more fan reaction from it. But all in all, a good a good game, a good series. Uh, I thought Steph was too passive. And in the beginning, that was okay, because you had Game 6 Clay doing what Clay does in Game 6s. And... But the, there were still some times, I remember a time in particular, uh, I think it was the Warriors' last possession in the first half. And Steph either curled or drove into the lane, and he had about a 8- to 10-foot floater he could have taken. And Kavon Looney was down low. And if he got it to him, he was going to have an open layup, but it was a weird angle. And then the the way Steph threw it, it, it just... Went right out of bounds. Didn't Looney didn't even have a chance at the ball. I thought he should have just taken the floater. There were a couple other times he he passed up some open shots that I thought he should have taken, and that's important because it meant he didn't really have any rhythm going into really going into when Clay went down. I think Steph only only had twenty one points. Shot something like six for seventeen, like three for eleven from three, like that. You need to get more shots up if you're Steph and even he he the shots he was taking they weren't going in. You got to think three of those threes were three quarter court shots at the end of the first, second and fourth quarter. So really 6 for 14, that's not terrible. It's obviously not good, but it it's not like he was just ice cold. Um, I think if he gets a few more shots up, he say he takes four more shots, maybe makes one or two of them, he's at least in more of a rhythm, and then maybe that last shot goes in. Uh, maybe he doesn't even need that last shot. Um, but yeah, the Warriors were just so banged up. Uh, and, you know, no excuses. All championships are championships. They're just not all created equal. Some some championships are more impressive than others, but this this was still very impressive, although if if the Warriors are full strength, and I mean everyone... Even even Looney, even Iggy. Uh, I, I won't say Boogie full strength, but Boogie without the torn quad. Um, obviously, he would still be coming off the Achilles from last year. But Boogie without having the torn quad in the second game of the postseason. Uh, if that doesn't happen, if Durant never has the calf strain or Achilles or whatever that was before the Achilles... Um, I, I don't think it's really much of a series. I think the the Warriors probably close it out in four or five. Uh, and that's not to take anything away from Toronto. It's just that Toronto, the, the way they played their defense was largely predicated on kind of packing in the lane and then making anyone other than Steph or Clay when Clay was there, beat them. Um, Iguodala had a great game tonight. He, I think he had 22, 20, 25 points, some, somewhere in that area. He outscored Steph. Uh, Clay was having a great game. Kawhi had a quiet game, but he didn't need to have a big game because Lowry went off. Fred went off. Um, Siakam had a good game. Ibaka and Gasol did their job. Dray- Draymond had a great game, though, for 
the Warriors. He had a, he had a couple questionable turnovers. He did a good job of controlling himself because if he had a technical this game, he wouldn't have been able to play in the potential game seven had they won. Obviously, they didn't. But he had something like 12 points, 18 rebounds, and 13 assists or something ridiculous like that. He And then he made multiple big defensive plays. Um not going to say that he's the greatest defender of all time, like he says, but he proved that, in my opinion, he's one of the best. I mean, Kawhi is up there, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, uh, among others. But you, I'm not going to say he's the greatest because he's not, but he shouldn't be laughed at for thinking that he has an argument because he, he is a, a great defender, an all-time defender. Um. But yeah, this this was an entertaining series, especially for how much was going on from game to game. You never really knew. Going into the series, I didn't I didn't think Kawhi because he just looked on his last legs. Like I said last episode, like I I didn't see how he was going to be able to make it through a series. But um, I think it was someone on First Take or Get Up or one of the ESPN shows were saying that they thought as the series went on, he was kind of getting better. And I, I did kind of see that. I he he looked a lot more hobbled and injured in the Milwaukee series, which was interesting to me. Um But yeah, uh I, I thought it was a great series. Um I would have loved for it to go to game seven, although with Clay's injury, I don't know the severity of it. So if he wasn't able to play, I don't know how competitive a game seven would be where you have Steph, um, Iggy, an injured, an injured Iggy at that, an injured Boogie, an injured Looney, Draymond Green, Quinn Cook, Sean Livingston, and Bogut, and then Eurebko's gonna play some minutes, and then McKinney. I I just don't know. How, how well that would be able to stack up against Toronto on their home court in Game 7 to win their first ever title, which granted, you know, nerves. The Mark Jackson said multiple times the Warriors were showing that championship DNA, which I got to agree with him. Um, it, it's something that you can't really measure, but just from a talent perspective and schematic-wise, unless Iggy and... Dre and Quinn Cook and McKinney are knocking down their open threes that they hopefully get because Curry probably would have been doubled most of the game or that boxing one or whatever, which the Warriors did play zone as well, kind of to protect Boogie. They played a little 2-1-2, which I, th- I thought was interesting. I thought it worked fairly well. It was just there were certain lineups that they were kind of forced into today with Clay that led to odd switches or playing that uh, zone, and it led to some offensive rebounds that that really cost him some costly points. And also, Boogie did miss, I think it was three free throws. Uh, two were down the stretch I know, that I know of. He went one for two on back-to-back uh, trips to the line. But overall, I thought he played well. Um, and now... I have to wait a week until the draft, and there's not really much else going on. I mean, I'll I'll have baseball 
but, you know, it's it's June. There's not a whole lot going on, at least not predictably a whole lot going on. Um, I did see a trade scenario today involving the Bulls, which I was not a fan of this trade scenario. It was... It was a deal where we would be the third team facilitating a trade to where Anthony Davis would get to go to the Lakers, and that would be all the Lakers would get. And then the Lakers would give up their fourth pick to to, to the Bulls, and then they would send Kuzma, Lonzo. Actually, I don't know if Kuzma was in it. It was like, basically, I think it was Lonzo... Ingram, Josh Hart, to the Pelicans. And then the Bulls would also send Zach Levine to the Pelicans. And then they would get the fourth pick from the Lakers. And they would get Solomon Hill as a as a contract-wise, which I don't like that trade at all. Um, I think Zach Levine is a borderline all-star next year. And I don't see a reason to open up a hole in our lineup where I think Zach is a viable option at the two guard for the next three years when we already need a point guard. Um, And Ja isn't going to be available at four. So that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, I don't like that trade scenario. Um, and then in other news, Kyrie signed with Rock Nation, which is Jay-Z's affiliation, and he used to own the Nets, and he's from Brooklyn. And apparently it's almost like a verbal agreement, done deal type of situation, where evidently Kyrie has made it known that he wants to go to the Nets, so I would expect him to be a Net. Um, and I know the Nets have shown they they would have room for two max spots so the possibility of pairing him with a Kevin Durant if Durant were interested is possible if D'Lo walks and what I personally think um I haven't heard anything of this but I remember prior to this season there had been a lot of talk about Jimmy Butler and Kyrie wanting to team up and the Nets were the location for that team up. So I'm going to say you might hear more about that. Um, it's not an official prediction or anything, but that's just that's just what I'm thinking. Uh, you haven't heard a lot about Jimmy Butler in terms of his free agency. I, I think, first of all, I'd love him and Tobias Harris to stay in Philly. I think they'd win the championship next year. But I think he either goes to Brooklyn or the Clippers, if if he doesn't stay, if he doesn't stay, and then uh, Kemba Walker said that he'd be willing to take less money to stay in Charlotte, and that they're the team that drafted him, so of course they're his first priority. So that's interesting. Um, I'm I'm starting to get the feeling that this off season, which has the potential to be the biggest off season in NBA history in terms of movement and just the changing of the entire landscape, I, I'm i getting a feeling that, yes, there is going to be a lot of movement and a lot of things are going to change from what we know of the NBA. 
but it's going to be drastically less than what people are thinking. People are acting as if every single free agent is leaving and all of these trades are getting done, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's only Kyrie, KD, and then maybe a, a Jimmy and a Tobias Harris that leave. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kemba stays, Clay stays, Kawhi stays, uh, Chris Middleton stays. I I wouldn't be surprised by it. Um, I I just really wish there would have been a game seven so that I had something else to look forward to. But now I just have a week. Um, hopefully. If, if you guys checked out my article that I wrote about what I want the Bulls to do with their draft pick, you'll know that I'm hoping we get Cam Reddish. I'd rather use the pick, get a player that some think isn't mentally there in terms of uh, being a hard worker. But I think if you draft him and then let him come off the bench behind Otto Porter, and people are saying we have Chandler Hutchinson, we have Denzel Valentine. Yes, but Cam Reddish has a lot higher potential. He has all-star potential. Those guys do not. They have good role-player potential. Cam Reddish is a future all-star, potentially, especially if he has the work ethic that he can put in. And if Patrick Beverly does come to Chicago, which there's been – he has shown – a lot of interest in it in interviews and Twitter talking about how he's a Chicago boy. He loves Chicago. Of course, he would want to play for the Bulls if they show interest. I think he's the kind of guy that can shape the mentality of a young core, which is another reason Zach Levine needs to stay because he is a essential piece to that young core. Um, but yeah, we will see. Uh, I didn't really expect to do an episode tonight um i just thought that the game and series were that good that i needed to kind of talk about it um like i said yeah i'm I'm not gonna review the whole rest of the series i thought it was just a good overall series a lot of drama storylines um and potentially the entire landscape of basketball could be changed because of it because of Kevin Durant's injury, how does that impact free agency? Not only his, but others. Uh, Kawhi winning a title, does that mean he stays? It's kind of hard to leave a championship parade. You just brought their first ever title. They're a good team. They they, they could do some serious damage again next year. So I don't know. I'm excited to see. And that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you all for listening once again. Um, the podcast is currently expanding to multiple platforms uh i'll go ahead and attach a the list of current platforms that it's available on when i tweet this out um and soon it'll be available anywhere that you can listen to a podcast so that'll be it thanks for the listen peace